church, thank you. Brother Paul, thank you. Congregation, thank you for all that you do. Amen. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5. Uh, I get the calling post calls every day from uh, Pastor Rich Savatsky in Loomis Park Baptist Church. I was shocked. I got a call about 6 p.m. from them, and I don't always listen to him all because he calls almost every day. And uh, they don't have service tonight. They had a Monday night service. They said, shock of shocks, uh, it was their midweek service on Monday night, of course, and that's uh, highly unusual for Pastor Rich. But I'm glad you're here on a midweek service here. And uh, I know it's, uh, it's midweek services across America are becoming less and less, which is a sad thing, but I'm glad that you're here. And I'm going to let you remain seated for the reading of the Word of God, although the first word says stand, but you can stay seated. And, uh, and uh, tell you what, we'll read responsibly because that's our custom. We like to do that. And uh, we'll read the first 15 verses. We preached on the first 12 verses about three weeks ago, and we're going to just uh, review here a few minutes here and then move on to verses 13, 12 through uh, 15, I should say. And so let's read responsibly verses 1 through 15. Let me begin. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I say, Paul say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that he will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, have I yet preached circumcision? Why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would that they were even cut off which trouble you. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another." This book on, the, on Christian liberty, this great book, we looked at chapter 1. At the beginning of the year, we spent several messages on the subject of born free. We looked at chapter 2, we talked about freedom's fight, and there's a fight to be fought in regards to the doctrine of liberty. Then there's, uh, we looked at chapter 3, and we saw the key word was the word bewitched and deceived. And then, of course, chapter 4, we looked at several messages on the sons of liberty. And then tonight, part number 2 of this fifth chapter... Liberty, not bondage. The key verse is verse number one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, the sister verse, the verse that we couple with verse number one, is verse number 13. And notice what it says again. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And there's a balance on one side, you have a group of people that uh, believe in 
liberty and all, and that's all they preach is liberty in Christ and we're allowed to do anything we want to as, as it devolves to. And then we have those that, and it turns into licentiousness. And then we have on the other side those that, that say we don't have liberty that we're bound and we're, we're and the, we call them the legalist. And so we've got the libertines over here and the legalist over here and both isms are wrong. And both are being refuted in this book. Uh, the libertine theology is that uh, we can do anything we want because we're saved by grace. That's uh, refuted by verse number 13. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For the legalists stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So let's review real fast here, and I'm, I'm want to do this in the next five minutes here. Verses uh, 1 through 6 on the worksheet. You only have two fill-in-the-blanks tonight, so... I want you to notice the position of freedom at issue and the consequences. Verse 1 to 6, we're not going to read all the verses again, but we see the, the admonition in verse number 1. We see, stand fast therefore in liberty. And we, we say, what's the therefore, therefore? It's there because of the preceding verses of chapter number 4 and the two sons, uh, the one bondman and the one free man, of course. Isaac is the free man and uh, Ishmael is the bondman, and uh, we see this this uh, admonition to not uh, live under the real bondage that we're sons of liberty, we're sons, we're freeborn, we're, we're in Christ. Therefore, stand fast in liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Verses 2 to 4 give us the alternatives to living under liberty or living as sons of liberty, and the alternatives are a return to Judaism. Verse number 2, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Uh, no profit from Christ. Uh, there are people, and uh, well, let me just be blunt. This is Wednesday night. Let me just tell you bluntly. I'm, I'm thinking of the Amish right now. I'm thinking many Mennonite, not all Mennonite, but almost all Amish. Amish, they dress a certain way. They do certain things. They have certain activities. They're trying to earn their way to heaven. They're a religion of works. Nice people, nice neighbors. They're pacifists. They're... Nice to be around, but they're, they're all about the outward. They're all about uh, proving, demonstrating their righteousness by their own self-righteousness. And they're, they're Pharisees, they're legalists, and they don't even realize it. Some Mennonites, not all Mennonites are like that as well. But uh, they, they, they look to the outward circumcision of the flesh to justify their, that they're right with God. Well, verse 3 says, For I testify unto every, to, again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Don't pick and choose what you want to, what you want to follow if you're doing it for works righteousness sake. So the alternative to the admonition of live, uh, living free under the law, living as a free, free son in Christ, is to return to Judaism. And the obligation then would be to live perfectly under the law. James 2.10 reminds us that for whosoever keeps the whole law and yet offended in one point, he's what? Guilty of all. So don't pick and choose. I, I use, for example, the, the Seventh-day Adventists. They're, I mean, it's Wednesday night, I'm just going to be blunt. They're, they're all hypocrites because they pick and choose. They make their own Sabbath laws. They don't follow the Sabbath laws from the Bible. They, 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 they just pick their handful of laws and say, you're not so, so supposed to work on Sunday or Saturday, so that makes them righteous with God. They, wor they worship on Saturday, that makes them righteous with God, but they don't follow the Old Testament sabbatical law. Uh, there, Paul says, if you're going to follow one, you've got to follow them all. Verse number four, Christ has become of no effect unto you. 
You're just trusting in your works righteousness. That's all you're doing. Whosoever you are that are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. You're fallen from the grace principle. So we see this admonition, verse 1, the, the alternatives, verses 2 to 4, then the appeal, verses 5 to 6. And the appeal is to, the emphasized word is the word faith. And righteousness is, is the hope, the thing expected. Verse number 6, notice what it says. It says, for in Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which, is, which worketh by love. So by this time in the church, the church all started off with Jews. All the men would be circumcised, of course. All those dirty Gentiles would be uncircumcised, and now the church is Jew and Gentile. And Paul says, listen, it doesn't make a hill of beans a difference whether you're of a circumcision or uncircumcision. It has nothing to do with righteousness whatsoever. And you ought to know that by now. And he, he, he's, he begins to chide them. And so we see the position of freedom at issue and the consequences. Then we see the perversion of faith involved. And let's review this just quickly. This is where we left off three weeks ago. The, faith, the, the perversion of faith involved, or the confusion, verses 7 through uh, verses 9. Notice what it says, the error experienced, first of all, verses 7 to 9. It says, uh, ye did run well. We can fall from the grace principle. We can fall from good Bible teaching. We can get out of church. We can, we can uh, buy into false doctrine. You did run well, he said to the Galatians. Who, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And then he says, he says where this false teaching, this heresy comes from. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. And then he says these words, verse 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And we see a little leaven, a little bit of persuasion, a little bit of false teaching, a little bit of uh, watch out for television evangelists, watch out for, uh, watch out for radio evangelists. I'm not, listen, I'm not bash, bashing. Many of them are very good. Don't misunderstand me. And you can learn a lot from the J. Vernon McGee's and David Jeremiah's and so forth. I'm not, I'm, I could name other names of good Bible teachers, and I'm not jealous in any way or envious in any way of... Uh, good Bible expositors on the radio or television, but watch out, because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. They begin to go down the road of error, and they begin to question little things that are so clear in the Word of God. And uh, uh, we see that it's another gospel, another su substitute. Uh, uh, people substitute another gospel, Galatians chapter 1. We won't go back there, verses 6 and 7. And they begin to add or pervert or pollute or add to the gospel of Christ. We've got to be careful that we don't do that. That's a, that's a heresy, of course, 101. So we see their experience, and then we see the effects. Let's look at it again here. I have come to you, Paul said, that Lord, you will be none otherwise minded. He says, through the Lord that you're going to come back. You're not going to be double-minded. James 1 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He says, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. We see this error experience. And Paul says that those that, that will persuade you of another, uh, another doctrine, another ism, that they will be judged. Now, it's strong meat for some, but it shouldn't be strong meat for us. I had to make a decision many years ago. I was just yesterday with, uh, I'll leave him unnamed, a real nice guy, a pastor in Torrington. 
I was with him for 15 minutes yesterday. I won't tell you who I was with because I'm, I, even though he was a nice guy and I'll see him again in a week or two, it's a business thing going on, whatever, or just a private, private issue and so forth. He, he's of Armenian persuasion. Well, you say, what do you mean by that, preacher? He believes that you can lose your salvation, that you can walk away from Christ. Now, he's a nice guy. He's a wonderful man. I mean, as far as, he'd, just, he'd be the model neighbor. He'd be a great, great guy to do business with, a great guy to uh, probably buddy around with, pal around with, I suppose. But he's got a heretical doctrine. He believes that you have to, that Jesus is, uh, can save you, but you can walk away. That he's got you by his hand, but you can drop his hand if you want to and go and do your own thing. That's another gospel. Paul says they'll be judged. I ask that person, you say, preacher, that's hard. This whole book is about this, this heresy of mixing grace with works. God says it's, it's heresy, it's wickedness. For by grace are you saved. What part of that don't you understand? Uh, not, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It doesn't say by some grace are you saved, or by a lot of grace are you saved, but by grace, grace alone. And uh, forsaking all, I trust him, biblical faith. And so we see the source of this hindrance. God says, I'm going to judge. Verse number 11 and I, brethren, could not speak to you as, or pardon me, verse number, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. What is it that saves us? Who, who, what, what cleanses us, what atone for all of our sins? The cross, the work of the cross, every bit of it. Can we atone for any of our sins? The problem with the works righteousness is uh, people say, well, I did a number of bad things and I will atone for them by doing a number of good things. That's religion. It will damn you to hell forever. Because it's, it's not a scale thing. Whosoever shall be, you got to be righteous and perfect in all things. In fact, Matthew chapter 5 Verse 20, Jesus says, I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. The idea that you're going to try to be righteous, it's, it's, uh, and you're, you're going to uh, obtain your own righteousness, you're, it's an offense to the cross. It's, 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 uh, the offense of the cross has ceased. Verse number 12, I would that you were even cut off which trouble you, now, Paul, I said this three weeks ago. Let me say it again. Paul uses some severe, some, some serious language. Uh, I, I've learned over the years to be, I have a bit of a sarcastic side to me. I think most of us do. I have a cynical side to me. I have a, a side to me that says uh, that uh, I want to correct people by foolery. You want to be foolish with me, I'll be foolish with you to illustrate absurdity by absurdity. And uh, Paul, says, or Paul says, oh, you like that circumcision business. This is blunt language here. You say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, let me just, I, I won't be so, I won't be, you know, we're going to have to read between the lines. I'm not going to be trying to be uh, licentious here in any way, but uh, Paul says, oh, you believe your circumcision, the cutting of the foreskin is, 
is makes you righteous. He says, why we should, why don't you go all the way? That's what he's saying. He says, why don't you just cut things off? I think you can read between the lines. He says, why don't you just be, now by the way, this was a practice. People actually did this. Origin, I'll give you an example. Origin, the, the, considered the smartest man in the first thousand years. He's the, 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 the Albert Einstein of Alexandria, Egypt, the school of college in Alexandria. He's the Bible expositor, Bible compiler of the corrupt manuscripts. We know as the Alexandrianist manuscript, which is the most famous manuscript in all the world. It's co compiled by Origen. And he was the president of the college and university. He, pardon my language, he castrated himself. He wanted to be right with God. This is what this leads to. This is what this type of teaching leads to. And uh, Paul says, oh, you want to go all the way. You want to be righteous with God. Uh, foreskin is filthy. Okay, well, let's just, let's just take care of the whole problem. Pardon me, ladies, for being so blunt. But uh, that's, I really believe that's what verse number 12 is teaching us. And uh, so verse number 13, let's go on to, we've looked at the position of freedom at issue, verses 1 to 6, and the consequences perversion of faith involved and we see the confusion their experience and the effects expected but now thirdly and here we get to our message proper tonight here now in the minutes that we have left the prohibition of the flesh imposed we see a caution verse 13 for brethren now notice the verbiage he he i mean he slams them in verse number 12 he said and he's using pure cynicism Pure sarcasm. Oh, you think you're righteous because you, you've cut the foreskin. Why don't you go all the way? Why don't you really be righteous? That's pretty in your face, isn't it? But then he comes back and he says, for brethren. Now he comes back and he, you know, he, the other side of the pendulum. Listen, I love you, brethren. I'm speaking to you truth. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And the caution that we see that liberty must be held on to on too dearly, but it must not be abused or as an excuse for sin. And I've seen people with these this mindset. There was a group called the Way International. Anybody heard of the Way International? And uh, I don't know if they, I don't know where you guys met, met them first, maybe Washington or maybe Florida or whatever. But I think we're going, we're dating ourselves because I know they were big in the 70s and so forth. And the uh, Way International, I was, we'll have to talk sometime because uh, fortunately they've kind of died out as far as I know. I don't know, I don't know hardly any, I don't know anybody in the, from the Way in many years now. But they were libertines. The guy I ever met, I met from the way, he happened to have a pack of cigarettes and this, uh, he picked me up. I was hitchhiking. I was a kid. This was 45 years ago. Back in those days, he could hitchhike. And he picked me up. He had a pack of cigarettes there. And make a long story short, somehow I, we started, I started witnessing to him and then found out he was a Christian. And he was part of the way. I didn't know hardly anything about the way. And, uh, and he just slid into me because uh, he says, I know you're probably judging me because you, you say I smoke. I, he says, I got liberty in Christ. It's only sin if you think it's sin. And uh, he just, just went off on me. I think he even swore because, uh, remember the other guy, by the way, the, uh, how many remember, I shouldn't do this here, but I'll just say, say remember, Gene Scott. How many remember Gene Scott? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that only a couple people remember Gene Scott. 
the cowboy, he was a libertine preacher from California and uh, died 20 years ago. And uh, he used to mock uh, Christianity with any semblance of, uh, of uh, standards or any semblance of outward righteousness. He, he used to have his big stogie cigar, he'd smoke it and watch on TV, on live television, and just mock Christianity in its, in, its, in its pure form and so forth. And so uh, and he's a libertine. He, he loved verse number 1 of Galatians 5, but he hated verse number 13. He never talked about verse 13. The Bible says, Brethren, you've been called into liberty. You're at, you're, you're at freedom. Don't judge one another. But he says, only let not liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to feed the flesh. But by love, serve one another. And so, letter A on the worksheet, the caution is there's no excuse for sin. Control over the flesh. Now, there are fleshly appetites. There's nothing wrong with the, pardon the slaying, the meat of our bodies. Some of us have more meat than we should have. I get that part. Some of you need some more meat. You know, some of you are too skinny. You know, some of, you, some of us have a lot of meat. I'm not referring to, you know, God made, made us body, soul, and spirit. And uh, it's not talking that our body, there's people that believe that our body is somehow inherently wicked. It's not wicked. It was made by God. It's made to, we're to glorify God in our body. It's not talking about the body or the, the meat or the bones and the sinew and the, the, and the, uh, the, the flesh. But it's talking about the flesh, the appetite, the, the things that appeal to our carnal or our base nature. And so there's control over the flesh. And our flesh is depraved. It, yes, it will. It, it's corrupted. It's putrefying. It's disgusting. And we need to beat it down every day. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I die daily. We need to crucify the flesh and the affections of the lust thereof, of course. In fact, verse number 24 of the same chapter, notice what it says. And they that are of Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust." We've got to beat down our flesh. There's a, there's a holy war going on. And uh, so I want you to understand there's a control over the flesh. But then verse 13b, but by love serve one another. Well, that's a good verse, isn't it? But by love serve one another. Some things we do because we do out of love. And we, we, we are to serve one another. We're to, how do we serve one another? We are to encourage one another. We come to church as an encouragement. You're all an encouragement to me tonight. You took the time out. Some of you worked eight, ten hours today. You, you had your day started at five or six or seven in the morning, whatever it was. You worked all day long. Maybe you got home, you had to rush dinner, and then you, st you still came to church. You don't necessarily come to church just to encourage the pastor, but you encourage me. Thank you. You love me. Uh, we are to encourage one another. We're to build up one another in the most holy faith. Uh, we're to uh, be examples one to another. Our verse, uh, we're to exhort one another, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, of course, and so much more, exhort one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. Uh, we are, uh, every pastor, I was at the preacher's conference last uh, Tuesday, uh, over in Colchester, about maybe 12, 15 pastors there, of course. And uh, we were talking, pastor talking, of course, and so forth. And uh, all across America, uh, churches are going down, and especially Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Sunday nights are almost a thing of the past. They're almost all gone now. And Wednesday nights are almost gone. People are busier than ever before, and that's the excuse. 
And uh, it used to be a day when I was talking to Brother Phipps today, and I said, Sonny would only be the one to remember this, but we were out there at this conference last year, and there's a guy in Marietta, Ohio, in the country, runs about 1,000 or, or over 1,000 on Wednesday night prayer meetings in, out in the country. And this is the Ohio Bible Belt area, of course. And, and, uh, but this, we're to have control over the flesh, and we're to, by love, serve one another. Uh, I guess I didn't give you letter B, did I yet? Uh, concern for not only con letter A, control over the flesh, but B, concern, over the, or concern for fellow believers. Fellow believers. You see, that's where we need to keep our liberty in check. Let me be blunt with you, and I don't want anybody to feel bad. Just, you can't make it Wednesday night. Don't, don't feel bad. Adam's working. Uh, Adam almost apologized to me on Sunday. I said, hey, listen, I'm glad you're working. Adam's needed a decent job for a long time, and so he's finally working. He has to work second shift. God, God bless him. So be it. I mean, miss him big time, but I'm glad he's working. If you can't come, don't worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. You're not, nobody's judging you. But when you do come, you can be in a great encouragement to the brethren. By, by love, serve one another. Verse 14 it says these words, for all the laws fulfilled in one word. Now listen, I've been rambling on for 24 minutes, whatever it's been now. If you don't get anything outside of the message, get the one word down. <laughs> well, for all the laws fulfilled in one word. I read a number of chapters in the Old Testament here. I've fallen behind a little bit on my Old Testament reading, and we're in the New Testament in our Bible reading. So I was catching up, and I says. But I had this thought this morning. The New the Old Testament, that's a, it's a, a lot of reading. That's a lot, a lot, a long, long time of reading. And I'm not suggesting that we don't have to read the Old Testament. I am suggesting that it all is filled in one word. Here it is. Thou, but thou shalt, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Learn to love. Learn to love the brethren. Hey, I wanted to say a couple things here, and just, uh, we're, we're almost done anyhow here tonight here. But uh, Wednesday night, it needs to be said, and uh, every pastor goes through this. We have our pastor uh, sympathy parties on Monday, most of us. We call each other and, and say, how was your day? And, you know, how, well, how was your day first? You know, no, no, how was your day? And, uh, well, it was a little down. It was, uh, and, uh, well, and, and sometimes we brag and say, oh, it was up and whatever it is, but we... Uh, we get we get discouraged and and uh, but you know we've had some folks had some good people leave. I mean I can we can think of the hearts of course obviously and leaving for Tennessee we're missing them big time of course we are but then we've had some people leave that didn't, didn't move away they just left and here's the coach job when you meet somebody around town oh so and so go to your church uh, well no they're not they're not coming anywhere what happened to them. Well, probably the best answer is, if you don't know, you say, well, I don't know, but just pray for them, love them, and uh, wish they'd come back. Don't say anything negative. Don't be derogatory towards the brethren. Don't, don't, don't bash your own family members. Don't bash your own, don't, don't badmouth your own blood family. Don't badmouth the family of God, even if they're not walking right. And uh, uh, try, try to love them and don't, don't, don't speak ill of them. By, by love, serve one another. And woo them back. And then notice verse number 14, or verse number 15, rather. But if ye bite and devour 
he's talking, he goes from positional, he goes right to practical uh, Christianity. He says, don't bite and devour one another. Take heed that you be not consumed one of, one of another. I've said this point blank here, and I'm going to say it again, and it may not, may not, may not catch it, but, you know, uh, a few weeks ago I preached in, on Sunday morning, and I mentioned about loving your parents. If you can't love your parents, and you say, well, they were, my, my, my mother or my father, they're dead, and they weren't, they weren't the best mom or dad, or you have odd or, or bitterness in your heart against your parents, how do you think you're ever going to, you, listen, you're never going to get along, you, you're going to spend your whole life crippled. You're going to spend your whole life uh, biting and devouring other people. Because if you can't love your own parents, you say, well, they weren't perfect. They did a lot of wrong things. Tough! Get over it! Knock it off! What part of Christianity do you have? Do you have any Christianity in your... Christ, he forgave us. He reconciled us. We did all the wrong. He did everything right. And he yet he came down and he came down and died on the death of the cross. And he did it gladly for you and I. He loved us in spite of us. Love your parents. I always, I, I'm so glad I learned to figure out some good things about my father even as a young man growing up and I, I guess it's true and I've alluded to this numbers of times my dad wasn't the most perfect dad in the world who's what dad is what dad is but I chose to focus in on the the positives and focus in on the positives don't bite and devour one another you're going to be consumed one of another if you do that and so we have some concern for the fellow believers. This is, this is where, well, we could, we could have liberty and we could tell the truth. Oh, well, let me tell you how they really were. I shouldn't do this, but it's, you, it's, uh, we'll end with uh, just an illustration. Some of you veterans would know. But I remember we had a funeral here at our church many years ago now. And one of the loved ones got up here at this pulpit and bashed their loved one from this pulpit. Shame on them. Shame on them. That was one of the most despicable things, despicable things I've ever seen in my life. Somebody's dead, and they're in heaven, or even if they weren't in heaven, and you want to say something bad about your loved one. If I was a pastor again, if I if a funeral again, I would, you know, I couldn't avoid that. I couldn't stop that, but I'd sure want to stop it. That's for sure. That would. That's so wicked. So so vile. Love one another. We're the family of God, and so don't use our Liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, serve one another. Well, let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we're sons of liberty. Yeah, we could tell it like it is sometimes. We could tell the truth about some people. Lord, we could just admit and say that, uh, well, they're cantankerous, they're, they're unforgiving, they're unloving, they're this or that. But Lord, why? Why, why would we do that? Why don't we love one another? Why don't we forbear with one another? Why don't we uh, pray for the brethren? Lord, we pray for those that are, are maybe away from us, Lord, or away from the house of God. Whatever their reasons are, Lord, we, Lord, our heart breaks. Pray that you'd work in their heart and life, Lord. But I pray for us, help us to, maybe there's somebody here with bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart towards a loved one, maybe towards a mother and father, Lord, that's long since been dead, Lord, give them victory tonight. May they ask for forgiveness, Lord, for that long-held bitterness. May they just love and release this, that uh, unforgiveness in their heart and give it over to you tonight, we pray. 
Lord, have your will and way in our midst. Thank you for being a part of the family of God tonight, Lord. And dismiss us thy blessing in moments we pray in Christ's name.